Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by the Anxiety Slayer First Responder Series for Anxiety Attacks. Learn how to stop an anxiety attack anywhere and anytime with a special EFT tapping sequence. You can use at work, social events, or doctor's visits. We will show you exactly how to use this powerful technique to feel calm again in just a couple of minutes. Slay your anxiety attacks with our step-by-step course for stopping anxiety and reclaiming your life. Enroll today and save $20 for a limited time at anxietyslayer.com. Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Severe. We come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. Together, we share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. And today, we're going to be talking about how to deal with catastrophic thinking. Hello, Ananga. Hey, Shen. I'm so glad this question came in about catastrophic thinking, because as you well know, it's one of my favorite places to go with anxiety, and I say that sarcastically. Boy, can I go there sometimes. So I'm glad, glad, glad we're going to bring this up and talk about how to deal with it. Yeah, it makes hell in our minds. It has such an awful energy to it, doesn't it, when you have these catastrophic thoughts? Oh, yeah. Very awful experience and very common. It's very common. Very common. More common than I think people realize. Yeah. There are several ways to tackle catastrophic thoughts. So we'll go through a few together in this episode. Number one really is to look after mental health, mental hygiene. That's the first place I go. Be careful what you feed your mind. And we used to have that saying about computers back in the 80s, garbage in, garbage out. It's the same with the mind, drama in, drama out. If we're looking at movies, entertainment, anything that gets our adrenaline going, even playing games on your tablet, if you watch your physiology, you'll notice they elevate your heart rate, elevate your your breathing, and we can get quite terse, quite invested in those experiences. So anything that brings up adrenaline, brings up mental energy, some mental tension, really watch out for those things. But particularly if you're watching entertainment that touches on areas that are areas of concern for you because it's triggering. Yeah. Be very careful. Careful what you put in your head. Definitely. And that brings to mind watching the news. Yeah. And over the years, you and I have talked about the importance of taking a media fast and and stepping away from all of that information that's coming in. But particularly in my case, there's a health segment on the news almost every night. And they'll pick a topic, whatever it might be. It could be diabetes, it could be cancer, it could be, you know, you name it. And they'll talk about it and they'll explain the symptoms of it uh, or whatever the issue is caused by whatever. And on occasion, I can take that and make it my own and start to really let it take my legs out from under me. And so I've learned that I avoid that. If I am watching the news, I'll often avoid that. It doesn't happen all the time, but occasionally it happens. And it's a trigger for me for health anxiety. And I don't need to be bringing that information in. I don't need to be bringing the politics in. 
Uh, right now, we have a president in, in the office in the United States that has really polarized the people living here. And so depending on how you feel about this man, you either are not phased at all, or he can get your blood pressure up. So why have him in front of your face You know, if, if he gets your blood pressure up? Uh, same thing with watching movies. We've had a number of people come in on our Facebook group, our private group, talking about how violent movies affect them or if they should be watching that. They already know the answer. You don't want to bring that in if you're trying to calm your mind. It's just something that needs to be left aside. Definitely. And then it's really important to review our tastes as well, because occasionally we'll get a message from somebody saying, I know this disturbs my anxiety, but I love these kind of movies. Yeah. So then we have to budget out that, okay, there's a cause and an effect scenario. We might know that we love to eat bagels at 11pm, but they're going to give us heartburn. So we have to balance it out. And sometimes the mind's really naughty with that stuff. It's a little devil on your shoulder and it will drive you to do it anyway. And then you heavily pay the price. So really important to look at the influences and look at the information going into your mind. I personally choose not to watch the news at all. It doesn't serve me well. I get distressed hearing about people suffering that I don't know and I can't help. I can feel quite overwhelmed and it puts stuff in my head that doesn't always sit well with me. It can be very triggering. Movies and intense drama series are very cleverly put together with the lighting and the visuals and the music to really get your attention. It gets a lot of our senses involved. So that stuff can really get in our heads. So we need to to audit in um, Ayurveda, India's science of life. It's described that our intelligence should act like a doorman at a club, at a venue, and gets to say who gets let in and who doesn't. So if you're having big catastrophic thoughts, unruly thoughts, choppy thoughts coming up in your mind, really a good idea to tighten up with the security of what gets let in. Let's talk about some of the practices that our listeners can try to go beyond the waves of of the mind. On the surface of the sea, it can be very choppy. There can be huge waves crashing around, and if you're a boat on the sea, you can get thrown all over the place. But if you dive beneath the surface, you go deeper, then it's always the same. There might be currents moving around, but compared to the surface, it's still and it's quiet. So practices that help us go beneath the surface weather, beneath the waves of our mind, are very valuable with calming catastrophic thinking. Anything that you're drawn to that's meditative, contemplative, spiritual, anything that nourishes your roots and can help you have a more grounded feeling so that when the weather crashes through the the leaves and the branches of the tree, the roots aren't going anywhere. And if the roots are deep and they're spread in the soil and nourished by the soil, then the tree's not going to go over either. So these are thoughts from the the Vedic system of psychology and counselling where we really look at the weather's going to come and things are going to crash around, but how rooted are we? How grounded are we in something that feels permanent and solid and nourishing, and then we're not so affected and our thoughts begin to settle? And I like that you bring up the grounding piece as well, because this is incredibly important to calm your mind. Get outside, get in nature. If it's the right time of the year, 
get your bare feet on the ground in the soil, get to the water, get to the sea, allow nature to do what she does best. So it's just incredibly good for you and and very calming. There's some other things that you can do as well to calm your mind, whether you use Bach flower remedies that we talk about over and over again to help you stay supported, certainly daily journaling or meditation, or in your case, Ananga Japa, music, calming, beautiful, soothing music. There's so many choices that we have to help us calm the storm. Yeah, and it is about making choices. The trouble with catastrophic thinking is it has a lot of energy to it. It really gets our attention. It really can take over our mind. So at that time, we need to be able to have choices available. They need to already be in place, something you're going to move over to. I've described on the podcast before how if my mind wakes me up with something that's it's chewing over at night, I'll have a book right by my bed so I can just put my hand and pick up the book and start reading. But I still have to practice doing that because there are occasions where my mind might really get hold of me and I'm not so prepared. Yeah. So we need to practice, practice good choices and embed them in. And it can also be simple things like if you like to knit or crochet, they're great activities because you can just bring your mind into one stitch at a time. Right now I'm doing this stitch and the next stitch and just lock your mind down or walking. I put my right foot on the earth. I put my left foot on the earth. I take a deep breath. I look at the sky. Just bring your attention right down to a, a second, a mindful moment, or listening to an audio book, but really hearing it, listening to the flow of the narrator's voice, the, the use of words, the languaging. Find something in what's around you to captivate you and draw you away from the catastrophic thinking. So sometimes we need to divert and distract, switch out. That really works well. But our tendency is to go for something quick fix, mm-hmm. like playing a game on a tablet or scrolling, scrolling, scrolling on social media. But that actually further feeds into the problem. We're going to see stuff that's going to you know, heighten our adrenaline. We're going to see stuff that might upset us or irritate us. Or it's a diversion that further provokes the energy of the mind. So practicing having something in place that's calming, baking, coloring in, swimming. I had the opportunity to swim last week. I haven't been for a few months and it was just so good to feel my limbs moving through the water, feel the temperature of the water, Mm. hear the sounds of the water. Wherever you are, just take that opportunity to immerse your senses in whatever calming practice you're drawn to and your mind will follow. It will slowly de-escalate. All those thoughts will start to calm down. One of my favorite go-to practices this time of year is is being in my garden. Mm. And from transplanting to weeding to putting, you know, plunking a new herb or plant in the ground and just really having a relationship with the plants and, of course, the sky and the wind and the birds and everything that's happening there just Talk about grounding and calming and allowing your mind to have a break because you're so immersed in something so beautiful. Yeah, that's the best. It really is. Gardening and nature is a wonderful 
wonderful remedy. And the mind's not going to stop. Often there's a, a myth about meditation that it's all going to stop, but it doesn't stop. The mind never stops. It's incessant, but it does respond to the rate of our breath. When we were talking about the example of the, the waves chopping away on the surface of the sea, the waves of our thoughts are directly related to the rate of our breath. So when we can practice slowing our breathing down, then our thoughts slow down and calm down too. And there are some very easy ways you can do that with some simple breathing practices. And sometimes it's just a matter of taking a handful of deep breaths. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Really nice practice I read a few years ago uh, was a lady who likes to just go to the window and just take one big deep breath at the window. And she likes to do that several times a day. And um, where we live, my daughter and I will open the, open the door to the outside a few times a day and we just deep breath. But when we do that, it pauses our mind. And a really simple way to do it is to practice the long exhale, which we often recommend on the podcast. So just breathing in for a count of four, holding your breath for a count of two, and exhaling, long exhale for a count of seven. When our exhalation is longer than our inhale, then it sends a message to the mind that it's okay, I've got this and I'm calming down. So it's really simple practice, but very effective. It really is effective. It's my go-to for sure. When I start to uh, pile on and, and get anxious or start to be in that cycle of worry, that loop of worry that can sometimes happen, the long exhale has been there. Is a friend that practice has become a good friend. Yeah, it's so easy to remember. You don't have to think, oh, how do you do it again? You know, you know how to do it. It's so easy. Another one that I really like is something I've adapted a bit from Qigong. It's a Qigong breathing practice where you just stand and soften your knees and then you imagine breathing in with the entire surface area of your body from head to toe. So you're breathing in with all of your skin and you're breathing in healing, calming, restorative energy. And then in the Qigong practice, as you breathe out, you imagine any sickness leaving your body and it's described like black smoke just wisping away. So you imagine that happening from the whole surface area of your body. Mm -hmm. If my mind's kicking off, I like to tweak that a bit and I'll do the nice breath in. And then as I breathe out, I imagine any negative thoughts or worries just leaving my head like smoke and going far, far away. So you're bringing in the the slow breathing and the long exhalation, but just sending that intention to clear your head and just release any unwelcome thoughts. And I find that a really calming practice. I have a similar practice and, and I add some sound to it. And so on the inhalation, it's like, you know, and then, <laughs> so you have that, that, oh, that grr that goes along with that, uh, that picture of the black smoke leaving you, right? Right. So the sweetness coming in. Oh, and nice. Anything else going out? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, making it active. Yeah, it catches our mind and standing and using your whole physiology. It's a, it's a really nice thing to do. So you can do that in a park, or if you're on a walk, you can just stop and do that. I mean, I'm not sure about bringing the growling into no, it. No, I don't know about will. the growling. <laughs> <laughs> People will notice that, but. My silent tweak, you can do that anywhere. But uh, right, right. your growling tweak then you know, requires a bit more privacy, but it's still really good. It's a really good thing to do to actually bring that sound in. And, of course, in Qigong there are healing sounds and ways to use your, 
your voice and your breath. So, yeah, you know, that brings another sense in. I like that. Yeah. Then, of course, we talked a little bit about journaling for clearing and, and peace of mind anytime that you can get what's rolling around in your brain on the paper. Just let it out. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And again, we talk a lot about getting specific with anxiety. So when we're talking about catastrophic thinking, sometimes it's very general. It's just the mind's just jumping around from one area to another, worrying about this and that, or visualizing different scenarios and catastrophes. And that tends to be when the mind's really churned up, as we described, like the ocean. But sometimes there's a specific fear, a specific catastrophe that we've conjured up and made a story around it. And it just comes to mind so readily and so horribly with all its visual effects and journaling is really good for those instances particularly if you learn how to use EFT tapping then you can get your specific catastrophe on the page and tap through it use the EFT tapping points sure yeah and then it just becomes a story without the energy it takes all the sting all the all the stuff that goes into your body and causes fear just goes. And if you need help with that, then please consider looking at our coaching offerings where we can, we can help you put that to rest. And I think finally, when we are talking about calming catastrophic thinking, there are a number of mindful activities, some of which we've already covered. So just allow yourself to explore some of these examples and see what's a, what is a, the right fit for you whether it be gardening, gardening, whether it be journaling, whether it be a guided meditation, whether it be a conversation with a trusted friend. Yeah, or creative pursuits, painting, drawing, coloring in, baking, knitting, sewing, whatever caused you, working with clay. Working with clay and kneading dough are particularly good in Ayurveda. It's described that a particular energy moves in the mind and causes anxiety, and it's the energy of air and ether. So when you're working with dough or clay, something, or gardening, getting your hands in the mud, something grounding and heavy, it's the opposite energy. Yeah. So it gives balance, it gives roots, it, it stops the mind flying around so much. So have a look and see what speaks to you, what appeals to you from the examples we've given, or share with us your own example. It's, it's always good to hear other people's coping strategies or ways of getting the mind immersed. But that's what we need to do. We need to find a way to lock the mind down and bring our attention moment by moment into something peaceful, calm and safe. And always remembering the the tip we always share, which is to remember in this moment, I'm here and I'm okay. Just that moment by moment, bringing it down to this moment right here, right now, because catastrophes are always future-based. Yes. They're not here. It's a conjuring of the future. So bring it back to now. In this moment, I'm doing this and I'm okay. That's just really great. Great reminder to just bring everything down to the simplest form possible. If you want to continue the conversation with us, join us at our private Facebook group. You can find us easily by searching for Anxiety Slayer or going and typing in facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash anxiety slayer and we'd love to have you join us our group is growing nicely and we have a a lot of sharing going on a really supportive group of people together there in that private facebook group thanks again for a great conversation ananga i look forward to our next podcast
Slay Your Anxiety Attacks with our step-by-step course for stopping anxiety and reclaiming your life. Enroll today and save $20 for a limited time at anxietyslayer.com 